Let's get back to Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. On the phone, we have one of the newest inductees into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, former Dallas Cowboy and San Francisco 49er, five-time Super Bowl champion, Charles Haley. How are you doing today, Charles? How are you doing, David? Good. It's a long time coming, getting in the Hall of Fame. Did you think it was ever going to come? Man, hey, you know what? I'm in now. I don't worry about what I thought or or, or didn't think, man. I'm in, I'm in the house, and I'm... I'm I'm the happiest man alive. I see that you went to uh, James Madison for college. Were there any uh, big Division One schools after you at that time? Um, we we played we played um, UVA probably was the biggest school we played. Um, rest of the schools like Women Men VMI stuff like that. Uh, um, Division One AA schools. Did you consider going to any other colleges other than James Madison? Um, no, I didn't. Um, it was Liberty or James Madison. But then um, after the East-West game that we played, then then other colleges wanted me to go then. What was the difference? Did you just shine during that East-West game and they said, you know what, this is the guy we need yeah, to know? Well, yeah, yeah, it was a you know it's it, Eastway High School game, All Star game, and um, so I I had it was the big school linebackers were there. I was, I was a middle linebacker, so I had to go play. And my second position was tight end, so I played tight end, and you know, and I lit them up, you know, and uh, so they were looking at me to play uh, offense, and I wasn't gonna do that. I didn't like getting hit. Most people like playing offense, or they want to be in the spotlight. The defensive guys don't seem to shine as much, people think. Well, I'm not one of those guys. I'm one of those guys that, you know, I don't like being exposed where I'm get get rocked, you know. So, because um, I took some big hits when I was doing that game and held on to the ball. But, um, you know, it was, um, you know, I was, I was, I'm excited about going to JMU. You know, I think. For me, a small small town um, guy going to James Madison uh, was a perfect fit for me. When did you realize that you could play in the NFL? I never realized. I never realized I could go to college until until somebody told me at the end of my junior year. And um, you know, people told me, you know, the Forty Nine ers and the Giants came down and looked at me. But you know, when I bet two twenty five two times. And one three times, you know, I figured that you know my chances were done. The only thing I did good was run a run a pretty good forty forty time, and you know, and you know I was four four um, six six four and a half, so um, weighing two hundred pounds. So um, you know, I guess they saw something more than I saw. What was it like when you found out the Forty ers drafted you? Well, you know. The, you know, as the draft came on, people were saying I was going in second, third round. So when those two rounds finished, you know, uh, me and me and my ex-wife, we just we rode the bike down to the movie theater, went to the movie theater, and watched the movie. And then uh, my roommate came down and said, "You've been drafted by the 49ers. So, you know, I, I you know, I had no idea who played on the 49ers or or where it was. And uh, all I know is that you know. I got to travel across country, and um, and you know that was kind of frightening for me. 
What was that first training camp like? Um, well, uh, um, you know, for me, man, um, you know, to be honest, you know, it, it was in the means necessary. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't do friends well. So, um, um, you know, I went in, you know, just me, you know, and, um, with the determination that I was, I was going to make this team. And, um, so whatever it took, I was willing to do it. What was Bill Walsh like as a coach? Oh man, he was amazing. He was, he was, he was very amazing, man. I, I used, I still remember him up on stage boxing, talking about, you know, when we go play, play guys, you know, they're going to make some plays just like, on the champ, you know, they hit the champ a couple of times, but at the end, the champ knocked him out, you know, you know, and then the other thing that he did was he would bring great people in that won, um, like Olympic gold medals, you know, singers, whatever. They come in and they, t- and they talk about their journey, how they became great, what they, they do. And for me, that was, that was better than having somebody stand there and tell me and, and never, never done it. When those people get up there and tell you, you know, it inspires you to be great. And then he would always bring back the, all the old players that won Super Bowls. I never, I never thought that you were supposed to win Super Bowls, you know, because you know that's that's what the expectation always was. I mean, he was an offensive genius, but again, he had a good staff with him with George Seifert, and I mean, uh-huh. you had Mike Holmgren. He just had assistant coaches who knew what they were doing. Well. um, George was a micromanager man, and uh, I loved him for that because you know what he made me—he made me study, you know. And um, and then you know after every game, you know on Monday, we were studying that two and a half hours, and he would go over everybody's position, everybody's responsibility. So after after about the third game, I sat there and I learned on every defense, every position on the field. So, uh, you know, that gave me an opportunity to take chances, you know, and plus it empowered me too, you know. Uh, the more you know how other people's going to play, the better you can play. Who was the leader of the defense? Was it Ronnie Lott? Of course. What? How did he lead? Did he lead by example or was he a fiery guy? He had about all, everything, you know, fiery, you know, shaking, you know, and hey, and and by example, man, you know, um, you know, um, he had to scan on the wall to do all of that, you know. Um, I've never met anybody like that, that 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 intensive. Um, and you know, and he took me under under his belt, man, and you know, he showed me the way, you know. Um, you know, we went we went um to George Chung to do karate, you know. Um, I mean, you know, we would, we would, he showed me how to do, do the, um, a lot of the drills and stuff. And, you know, the best part about it was is that I didn't train with the linebackers. I trained with the DBs. I trained with people that were faster than me and had more skill set. Because then, you know, my goal was is not to get that skill set, but to get as close as I can to it. Because each time I do that, it makes me better. I remember talking to Roger Craig, and he said that he's the one who got Jerry Rice doing that training regimen. He said, "Jerry, if you want to be great, you got to follow me." Did you ever work out with Jerry and Roger? Oh yeah, oh yeah. After about thirty minutes, I went home. <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, man, they they had flight jackets on, weights on, 
they were just running. I'm going, oh my God, you know, I thought I could run, but, um, nah, it wasn't in for me. So, um, uh, I went back to doing the things that I could do to be, um, to be great at. When you had the 12 sacks as a rookie, did you say, you know what, this is pretty easy here? <laughs> Man, that ain't nothing easy, you know, um, every year, I, either every year I tore something or, uh, hurt me, hurt myself every year because, you know, I never lifted weights and, um, and, you know, I don't know if that, that, um, if that was a cause of it, but, um, you know, every year, man, you know, I played with pain, uh, you know, after a while, you know, mentally I can control the pain. You know, I didn't need pills or anything like that to do it because, you know, the, the more, what I believe is the more you can control your mind and control your breathing, the more that you can be explosive, the longer you can stay on the field. What was it like when you made that first Super Bowl? Uh, hey, it's amazing. I tell everybody, I say, you know, um, you know, we, we, we came back in front, we kicked off, and then, you know, uh, they ran it all the way back, kick off back for a touchdown. And then we had a minute left. The first play, we get a 10 yard holding call, so we're on the 10 yard line. You know, and I was sitting over there, man, God, why, 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 why did you bring me here for the lose? And, um, but I had forgot who we were on offense. I forgot that we had Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, Joe Montana, Brent Jones, you know, and the next down, you know, I was sitting over there moping and we had to cry and, um, and I heard the fans start cheering and I looked up, you know, hey, <laughs> within about five, six plays, we were, in, we were dancing, being, uh, singing, we are the champions of the world, you know. So um, from that day on, I never, I, I, I always believed in my teammates. From that day on, I always believed. I never not believed in them. And then the next Super Bowl, that was just, that was a joke. You guys just destroyed them in Super Bowl 29. Well, are you talking about Denver? Against yeah, Denver? Denver. Yeah, with John Elway. Uh, yeah, that was, um, I don't know, I don't know. Um we were we was a well oiled machine and um and, you know, they didn't have a chance. We usually played them in preseason or something and um they never had a chance in there, so I don't know why they thought you know, in the football they would have a chance. Was Joe Montana that great that you were winning those Super Bowls? Oh, yeah. Or was it just the entire team? Um, Joe was great, you know, and, and what made Joe great? Joe is not like any of these other coaches that I've um these quarterbacks that are stuffed up, they're stuffy, don't want to talk, you know, to other players and stuff. Joe was the everyday guy, man. He he played jokes. He did all kind of crazy things. Nobody, he, he didn't make anybody feel small, you know. We were all on the same line. And, you know, and then he would get in the huddle when, when we were losing and tell jokes, get everybody's mind off of it, and then go, go down and win, you know. And, and one of the greatest things I ever heard him heard him say was, um, he threw the ball and somebody hit him hard, and the only thing he asked, did he catch the ball? You know, and and I'm I'm going like you know I've seen quarterbacks just go off because they you know they get hit, um, but he was just man I loved him man he was he was a great he was the best quarterback I ever played with. I mean he didn't have the strongest arm he wasn't the fastest quarterback I mean he wasn't pretty back there he just got it done. Hey, when you got brains, that helps a lot, right? You know, Joe knew where he was going from the beginning. So 
um, you know, that's what made him different, you know. Um, you know, I'll put Brett Favre, you know, I, I love Brett Favre and John Elway. Um, you know, those guys were unique too. Was it difficult when you got traded to the Cowboys, being that you were with San Francisco for so long? Um, well, I was dejected. I would say I was dejected. You know, I, uh, you know, I, at, at one point I wanted to go, and then when when it came to me going, then I, then you know, you have buyer remorse, and um, and you know, um, I didn't know what to expect, um, but. You know, the best thing ever happened was Jerry Jones picked me up from the airport. And he gave me the vision that he had for the team. He gave me a vision on what he, what, what his expectations for me were. And, um, you know, and I've never had an owner do that before. And so, you know, um, you know, I, I bought in right then because, you know, anybody that can articulate what they want to do and how, how they're going to be successful, how they will be successful in business. You know, and and just talk to you, you know, and and not make you feel like um, you beneath them. Um, you know, he um, he was a great. He, you know, he is a great man. Forty Nine er players rave about Eddie DiBartolo, saying that he basically took care of that team. Did you uh, feel the same way about Eddie? Oh God, you know, Eddie treated us like family. You know, we went Super Bowl. He takes us to Maui. You know, hey man, I mean. So many great things he's done. So many great things he's done for players. When 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 things get rough for him, that he took care of them. You know, I, I you know, I, I I didn't think anybody would ever measure up to Eddie D. You know, and uh, you know Jerry Jerry's close to Mister D, but you know, Mister D is man. He's he's in a class all by himself because the way he treated players and um and he took care of them. You know, when he, his word meant, meant something. When he said yes, it, it means yes. And, um, you know, for me, I like a man that, that makes a decision and willing to stand behind it. And that's the kind of man he is. Did he ever come to your defense when you had the issues with George Seaford and Steve Young? Um, I don't think, um, you know, I, I, he had people there. You know, GMs and coaches and stuff that were there to make that decision, you know, and, um, you know, Mr. D wasn't there on an everyday basis, you know, so, um, I don't, I don't hold anything against anybody anymore. I think at one point I was so angry that, you know, all my, all my teammates that I loved the most, Ronnie Joe, E.Y., KT, you know, all those guys got cut at one time. And then, um, and then you know, they wanted me to step up and be something I wasn't. And um, you know, but um, I, you know, I regret it. I regret um, some of the actions that I did. But um, um, you know, it worked out well for me. When you went to that Cowboys, they had such a young team and such a young defense, but they had a ton of talent. Did you think to yourself, you know what, this is the next dynasty here? Uh, well, you know what. <laughs> I walked in and uh, I think I saw Troy and I told he was out there throwing. I said, Troy, you ain't no Joe Montana. And he was throwing, throwing the ball in those like three little hole things way out. And he stepped back through it, threw it in the hole the first time. I said, man, lightning can strike twice. It's strike once. He went back and threw it right down the middle into it, man. And I, I shut up after that. And, um, 
you know, uh, you know, I told him, you know, I, I, I said thank to God just to, um, to get underneath that skin, man. You know, to, um, you know, because sometimes you you need extra motivation to go out and do your job, you know, and um, and you know, I try to provide that for guys, you know, and 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 the thing that I tell everybody is that once a guy lost his job, he didn't get it back. You get hurt or something, you don't get your job back. And, you know, that's a big thing. I've never seen that before. They had that much talent, that much death. I've never seen and that much speed. I mean, good Lord, could they run. Oh, no, you guys could. Did you take a page out of John Randall's book? Because he said the key to his success was he would get in the offensive lineman's head. He would basically do research on him, who his girlfriend is, where he went to college. And when he, have the, he would have talked to the offensive lineman the whole game, so the offensive lineman was more worried about where he got his information from than what was going on on the field. Uh, I'm not that type of guy, man. <laughs> I, I go out and do my job. I don't need to uh, talk trash. I let other people do it because, you know what, that that's what helped motivate some people. You know, nothing what someone can say can motivate me, you know, because I, I believe in who I am. And I motivate myself. Whatever goals anybody have for me, I I I reach even higher ones because I don't believe that any man should set a goal for any person. We should always overachieve. And um, you know, by having great coaches, man, you know, I, I've been the luckiest guy in the world to have Bill Wall, George Seifert, Jimmy Johnson, and Barry Switzer. You know, it don't get no better than that. What was Jerry? Uh, what was Jimmy Johnson like as a coach? Hey, um, he was great to me, but you know, hey, he kept his foot on the guy's neck, and 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 I think that you know he should be in the Hall of Fame because he took the youngest team to the house twice, you know, and and nobody knows he might have done it three, four times, but you know, it didn't didn't happen like that, you know. Jimmy, Jimmy was his motto was uh, repetition is the motherhood of learning, and and we did a lot of repetition and. And if things didn't go right, he started over, start the whole practice over, and um, you know, and and um, he made he made God be disciplined. It was that southern mentality there. You had two southern guys get into it with Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson here, and that's when they brought in Barry, who was also friends with uh, Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones. Well, you know, I'm I don't have um, I don't know that about that dynamics, or, you know, about friendships or whatever, you know. The bottom line is, um, you know, great Jimmy Johnson went out and the great Barry Switzer came in. You know, um, you know, you can't swipe Barry because he's not Jimmy. You know, Barry might inherit the talent that Jimmy had, but yet you still have to know how to deal with players and to get them to be motivated year after year after year. Because, you know, after you win two Super Bowls, most of the time, guys lose focus or you lose most of your um, talent to free agency. Is there one Super Bowl that stands out as your favorite? Well, I, you know, when I look look at when I look at my, my heart and, and and the things that I've told my teammates is, is it Super Bowl 30 when I came back after two weeks of um, major back surgery and um, and play, you know, because I told the D line, you know, I told the defense, I'll never forsake them, man. And uh, I had to be a man of my word. I couldn't just leave them out there. I mean, I had to be a part of it, you know. Um, you know, but when I look back, maybe, maybe that was a selfish thing that maybe I should have, 
should have took off. You know, my career wouldn't last longer. But I rather rather did what I did, and my career to be shorter than to sit there and watch my teammates lose or not be a part of the winning. You played with the all-time leading receiver in NFL history in Jerry Rice, the all-time leading rusher in Emmitt Smith. Who do you think is the greatest player of all time? Um, well, um, and Joe Montana, uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, Joe is my quarterback. Jerry Rice is my receiver. Bird Sanders is my running back. Um, and, um, uh, and probably, um, um, Kevin Winslow's tight end. Um, those are the guys for me, you know, um, they they were game changers, man. I've never seen anybody like Barry, Barry Sanders, Jerry Rice, and Joe. <laughs> Jerry take a five yard pass and take it to the house. And Barry Sanders, hey, he'll back up, he'll back up, come at you shaking his shoulders, back up, and then go eighty on you. <laughs> hey, I've never seen anybody go stop on a dime. And you know, hey, I just you know when I see him, I never tackled him before. So every time I see him, I go up and, and I put my arms around like I'm tackling him. He go, man, why, why you keep doing this? You know, I do that to, um, Marino too, cause, you know, I played against those guys, but I never got a sack. So I always go up and tell him, man, you know, hey, you could at least let me tackle you once or sack you once. How did you know when it was time to call it a career? I didn't know. I, you know, if I didn't know, I would have never went back to the 49ers. And played that year because, um, you know, the repercussions of that is that I had to get, um, four level back fusion. I had to get cages put in. It was, uh, probably the worst, worst surgery I ever had, but, uh, it was the best surgery I ever had because you know, I don't have the back pain anymore, you know, and, um, you know, and I'm, I'm happy to Dr. Shellacoff for, for, you know, doing it for me. What was it like, I mean, to play for America's team? Is there more pressure playing for Dallas than you do playing for San Francisco because everybody thinks that Dallas is the football team? Hey, uh, I'll tell you, like I tell, tell the guy, game is a game is a game. Whether it's a Super Bowl game, playoff game, or the first game of the season, all of them, for me, all of them are the same. It doesn't matter what team you play for. It's the standards that are set. From the beginning, you know, if, if high standards are set from the beginning, then they can't be lowered. You know, they can only be be higher. But um, you know, and and like I said, coaches coaches dictate how players play. You know, when you got a fiery coach, then you know you gonna have a team that are very determined. You know, and um, you know you have to look back at those things. Um, you know, Bill was not a yeller. Um, you know, and um, you know he didn't get on guys. He made guys. Uh, become men by making their own mistakes, making their own choices, you know. And um, you know, I, I think I think him a lot because I don't like people telling me what to do, and uh, he never did that, you know. And uh, you know, I would do dumb things to get in trouble, and, um, and you know, I said, Coach, why don't you just tell me what to do? And uh, he said, You never asked, and I never thought about that. I never thought that all I had to do is ask somebody, you know, to do it because I'm always just doing it and, um, you know, taking control of my own destiny. And, um, and you know, I, and I said, Coach, that's all I got to do? He said, yeah. And from that point on, I was not afraid to ask. I was never afraid to ask my D-line coach, 
Or do I need to be great? What do I need to do? I do line coach. I never was afraid because most people are afraid to ask that position coach what they need to do because they don't want to hear the answer. You went in the Cowboys Ring of Honor in 2011, and you only played five seasons with them. What kind of honor was that? Man, it was, you know what? It was off the chain. You know, I, I never expected that. You know, I, you know, it's for me, I never expect anything. And then next thing I know, you know, I get it. Um, you know, I, I guess Jerry, you know, he, he said that, you know, he couldn't spell Super Bowl without Charles Haley. So I guess he put his, um, put his money where his mouth is and he put me in, you know, hey, you know, Jerry is a man, you know, a man of his word, you know, and, um, I don't know why he did it. It's, it's like I tell people, I don't know why a lot of great people help me, but they do. You have the five rings. You see the picture with you wearing all five. You don't wear all the rings at one time, do you ever? No, I don't. I don't I'm not a. I'm not a flashy guy like that. I don't. I don't put my rings on. Um, you know, for me, for me in my life, you know, when I played, I never put them on because I always want to wear another one. And then now that my career is over, I want people to see me for who I am now. Now I see me as just a football player. You know, I want them to meet Charles, the real Charles Haley. I want to be judged on what I'm doing now in my life and how I'm in, impacting the community, how I'm, how I'm helping others. You know, um, that's, that's for me is what it's all about. What was your favorite moment in your NFL career? Mm-hmm. Um, having my kids was a favorite moment, just being able to be there. Um, you know, just, just being there with a man, um, and, you know, and just taking them from California by myself back home to Virginia and, you know, just spend that time with them. Um, that was the most important thing for me. Family. It's always been family. Who's going to present you when you go in the Hall of Fame? Um, we'll find out. <laughs> Who is the toughest uh, lineman you went up against, offensive lineman? Oh, God. Um, Jackie Slater. Um you know, uh, you know, um, he, um, I can't, you know, I always, always did two things. I always speed rush, get by guys, and then I'll beat them inside. And then I will power rush. And in that combination, so um, I did a couple of them. And then when I went to go to power rushing, all I saw was the head go backwards. And he hit me with his head. And my, hand, my knees hit the ground. I saw Jesus Christ in all three forms. <laughs> and I went to the sideline, my brother. I sat way down on the other end of that bench. I put my helmet somewhere. I couldn't find it. Hey, I did not want to go back out there. And that was my rookie year. I was sitting down there evaluating whether, you know, I should be in this game or not. And um, I think, um, you know, they gave me a little time, five, six minutes to get myself together. And um, so I went back on the field. And um, I didn't go over there. They should have ran the ball over there, Jack, because I lined up on the other side. So me and it was two of us, Larry Roberts and me, flying up outside in, and I went and got me a sack. And so the thing I learned to do is use my speed. I, I just put my speed on Jackie because you know he couldn't handle that. But I didn't try. I didn't try to muscle him no more. And uh, so I picked from that day on. I picked my poison. You know, I you know guys that that do the headbutt stuff. I didn't power rush those guys. I just used quickness. You're a smart guy. You play defense because you want to be the hitter, not the hitty. 
you got that right. But you know what? At that time, I got hit. Hey, you know, hey, hey, I went on my knees to pray, you know. My good Lord, I said, God, help me. You can get off the field then. I ran up off of it, too. Nice interview, David. After this brief break, we'll be back with another interview you did with Tim Brown. <laughs> 